Alrighty, friends. Hello. We're back again for a new, a new bonus episode. Um, another, yet another in the repertoire. And dum bum 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 bum. Sorry. Today we're gonna talk about some cryptid. Yeah. I don't uh, know if it'll just be the one. We only had the one planned, but you know how these things go. Oh, we ramble and we find other ones that either relate or don't, and we just feel like making it a little bit longer than that. So. <laughs> Or they're funny, and I, I say we have to. Yes, that happens often. Um, um, but today, <laughs> we're going to talk about Thunderbirds. Cryptids around the world! Cacao! Uh, they probably sound much more menacing than that. I, I'm sure, yeah. I would be terrified of a Thunderbird. Yeah. I had a plan when I was, when I was younger of how I, was get, how I would catch one. How you were gonna catch a thunderbird? Yes, yes. I actually have. Why don't we? Why don't we describe what a thunderbird is before you tell the story? Because it will give it context to people. A thunderbird is a bird that is said to live in like southern Canada and northern America, down into central North America, like like central U.S. right area, and um. It's a bird that's like supposedly big enough that it could pick up a whale and take it back to its nest. That's a big ass like bird. Like a big and it looked like an eagle, like a big eagle that could pick up a whale. Damn. Uh it is frequently depicted in the art songs and oral histories of many Pacific Northwest coast cultures. That's that's our region. Yes it that's is. That's where we live. Yes. I know. I love I love Thunderbirds. They're so cool. Hell yeah. It's a big ass bird, man. Like <laughs> it's a fucking huge bird. A Thunderbird is said to create thunder by flapping its wings, Algonquin. And lightning by flashing its eyes. That's by the Algonquin and the Iroquois Iroquois? The Iroquois. Iroquois. It's close on the second one. Yes you are. You got Algonquin, right? I know that one. <laughs> It's very prevalent among the Algonquin people. Oh, I fell over at that time. And the northeast, i.e. eastern Canada, Ontario, Quebec, and eastward. And northeastern <laughs> United States. It's through my phone. That's good. And the Iroquois surrounding the Great Lakes. Why are we throwing your phone around? I was trying to pick it up, and it flew out of my hand. Oh, that's not how we pick things up. No, it's not. But, you know, I tried. So that's all that matters. Uh, in Algonquin mythology, the Thunderbird controls the upper world while the underworld is controlled by the underwater panther or great horned serpent. The Thunderbird creates not just thunder with its wing flapping, but lightning bolts, which casts, which it casts at underworld creatures. Huh. Uh... Often depicted as spread eagle, but also quite common with the head facing forward, uh, thus presenting an X-shape appearance overall. That's there's, there's there's like five different wait one two three four five different tribal mythologies with these. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're they're all over the place. Um, the only one on here I have not actually heard of is Ho-Chunk. 
on Ho Chunk tradition states that a man who has a vision of a Thunderbird during a solitary fast will become a war chief of the people. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty neat. That's that's the like the only one that's <laughs> pretty different out of all of these. Yeah. Um Yeah. So there have been a couple of like more modern like people that said they got like attacked or whatever. One was uh in 1977 That's in that's Long why we're Dale, here. Illinois. I wanted I wanted to get the past out of the way so people understood what Thunderbird was and yeah. then and now people are saying in the modern day and age of at least like the 70s and 80s up to now that they're seeing Thunderbirds. Yeah. Well, when so, was the when was the first sighting? Are you looking at that this, kind of site? There there is <laughs> Right here, the the first story that's in this this little wiki that I'm reading mm-hmm. is of a boy that was in 1977 in Lawndale, Illinois. Um, it was, but the thing is about that one is it's a reported attack of two birds that came and picked up a boy. Um, dose birds. One, dose dose birds. One thunderbird not needed. Um, Ten year old Marion Lowe was playing outside when he was suddenly attacked by two large birds. One of which temporarily picked him up and carried him over thirty feet before Marion's mother, Ruth Lowe, ran to her son's rescue, chasing the birds away and then recovering her son. I. Um, so uh, okay, but um, reportedly several eyewitnesses had seen the attack take place. The birds were described as having a white ring around their necks, a four and a half foot body with each wing approximately four feet long, a six inch hooked bill, three front claws, one back claw, and a large black body. It's just a big bird. That's just a. I bet an ornithologist could tell us what kind of bird that is. There is a type of eagle, I think, that is really, really big. Yeah, it's, like, uh, the biggest... There are a lot of big birds out there, like, to this day. I mean, just none that could pick up a fucking whale. Mm-hmm. Like, there there are birds that could definitely pick up a small child. I've I've seen them. I've seen some. Oh, yeah. I There are some I will never get the chance to see because they will never be captured by people, which is good. Because they would kill us. Um, some people think that it's just people seeing uh, an albatross... That's lost its way and isn't over the ocean. Possible. Big bird. Al- Albatross is like the biggest bird. Big bird. It's a huge bird. But they're not carnivores. I Well, they eat fish, but I don't think an albatross would attack like a person or a deer or anything, you know. Maybe I mean? if they were wayward enough and hungry, it's, uh, you know, there's a chance of them just like going after something that moves and looks vaguely fish-like. Mm-hmm. So I would I could see a human hand going up for that, but I don't I don't see them like trying to carry a person or something. The other thing is they think there might well there there's no evidence for it, but some people say it might be a version of an what's called an Andean uh, card uh, da, 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 oh, what? a condor an Andean car condor. <laughs> I don't know why I can't say that word. Why is Andean but, easier than condor? I don't know. I have no idea. The con door. <laughs> con man took the door. I, I don't know, man. I just my <laughs> brain couldn't door. wrap itself around it. But that's a picture of how big it is compared to a human in Andean condor. I got it that time. All right, so it's well up to a person's shoulders. You know, still kind of hunched over bird status, but 
its head and neck are wider than a person. Yeah, and it's it is a condor, so they definitely are carnivores. Usually, they're like, what do they call them? The ones that eat them after they're dead, a scavenger. Yeah, but a scavenger type, you might say. You might. One might say that, but they, you know, would eat live things if they had to. I'm sure. Yeah. And it is big. Yeah. Especially if it came from, like, legends, like old Native American legend and things like that, where things are always, like, in story, everything gets exaggerated at least a little bit. Often. Oftentimes, yes. Most times, yes. <laughs> Oftentimes, not on purpose, though. No, not really. That's just a thing we do out of fear, and our our um, memory well, is actually way worse than we think it is. Well, and not only that, when stories like, like legends like that get passed down... From oh, generation to generation. Yeah, like it gets more and more and more with each retelling. Oh, yeah. So it could have just been a big bird that was like maybe able to carry a person away and it evolved into this huge legend of like yeah. you know, these giant birds. Like The Rock is another great example. Dwayne The Rock Johnson? No, a Rock, R O C. Oh, oh, other big bird. Other big bird. Um, did Camaro just take all their names from Big Birds? <laughs> the Thunderbird and the IROC, like, <laughs> those are both Camaros, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. I believe so. So that's fun. That's they just had a line of legendary yeah, bird. Yeah, the cars. Rock is a gargantuan avian from Middle Eastern legend. And it's shown in this picture carrying a fucking woolly mammoth away. Grody, that's fucking awesome. Uh, usually is described as white or tan. Its wingspan was reported to be as large as forty-eight feet in length. That's big. That could that could hurt my house if it wanted to. Complete in feathers as big as palm leaves. The rock was so big that its eggs were said to be over 150 feet in circumference, and according to Arabic tradition, the creature would only land on the mountain... I'm going to pronounce this wrong. Kaf? It's Q-A-F. So. Q Which Q -A -F. they believe to be the center of the world. Okay. All right. Cool. Like the apex point? Uh, yeah. I guess. Neat. It was, uh, which was, it was a mountain. Um, and apparently, it, both Marco Polo's book of travels and the Arabian Nights described the rock. Arabian so Marco Polo. Night. No, 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 <laughs> no. Um, he describes rocks Arabian living in Madagascar. Day. I said, stop. <laughs> He described them as living in Madagascar. Oh, oh. I like to move. <laughs> uh, and envoys from Madagascar present the great Khan of Cathay with a rock feather. Neat. With a rock feather. Oh, a feather from... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I still... I was thinking... I was hearing that as R-O-C-K. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's R-O-C, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Madagascar was in fact home to a giant bird apparently in real life which is called the Apiornis Maximus or the elephant bird cool this may not, bird may not have been extinct until the 16th century while huge like the rock this bird was not able to fly 
Um, huh? The real life one was right. unable to fly. <laughs> right. Okay. Although it says while huge like the rock. So <laughs> I don't know if it was like like 48 foot wingspan big. It just was too big to fly or something. I don't know. But that's weird. Huh. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, no wonder they were only on Madagascar. That's the only way where they would have survived if they couldn't fly. If they were that big, even like, you know, like a pack of lions would have taken them down. But mm-hmm. Madagascar is so isolated. They don't. Yeah. Um. All those big predators. So apparently. Marco Polo actually describes the book because in the book of travels he says he actually saw it in real life and he described it in his book of travels. Um, and how did he describe it? A bird of enormous size, bulk body and wide wings flying through the air and it was this that concealed the body of the sun and veiled it from the sun. End quote. Oh. So it flew overhead and completely, like, put him in shadow. It blotted out the sun as it flew by. I mean, they could have just flown by kind of close and slow. Uh, In the account of Marco Polo, the wingspan of the rock was 16 yards and the feathers 8 yards. Its feathers were as big as palm leaves. The wind was a rush of its wings and its flight was lightning. The bird is usually described as being white. Yeah, yeah, they're just going over some of the same information here again. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big old, big old thing. But like, was that the only time he saw it? Was when yeah, it flew over him? Pretty much, it seems that way. That's the only account they have in here. And then it's sun and perspective has a lot to do with how you see things like that. It's not that cannot be a verified sighting if that's all he saw. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the fuck it, you doing, Marco Polo? And it's in obviously in Arabian Nights. There are four sightings about the rock in Arabian Nights. Arabian. Involving two Abdal Rahman and two involving Sinbad. The Sailor Man? Yeah, Sinbad. He's a big part of Arabian Nights. Have you not read Arabian Nights? No, I've never read Arabian <laughs> Nights. I just know Aladdin. Okay. That's. Not the same, but okay. (laughs) I just just know Aladdin, man. I don't know. The the song's good. Aladdin's great. Robin Williams. Did you watch Sinbad? Like, the animated movie Sinbad? No. No, I watched the one about the horse. My God. (laughs) I watched the Sinbad about the horse. Who was in that? What a childhood you must have led. (laughs) I saw Page Master. Page Master's good. That doesn't really give you a good description of what I'm trying to convey, but... <laughs> I just know a lot of kids didn't see that one. It was, it's an underrated classic. Uh, no, that's really all that there is about about each of them, honestly. They're just big birds from ancient legend, and I think they're entirely fascinating. What would you do if you saw one? Like, Like, if it was coming down towards you? It's you're, coming down. You're, you're hiking. You're you're taking a hike on a mountain, and suddenly, like, there's a giant shadow and a woof over your head. And you look up. There's a fucking bird, giant bird, over top of you, coming down towards you. What do you do? Uh, get low. Get low. Get low. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, no, seriously, just drop to my fucking face. I would see, try to hide behind a rock and drop, maybe. Hide behind a rock seems like a good idea. Rock drop. Yeah. Or, like, in a ditch. I don't there's know. There's a ditch nearby. See him, like, if I see it far enough away, I'll start running in a line so it starts with, like, it's got a trajectory in line, you know, like, mm-hmm. ready. And then, like, keep looking and then just dive off to the left a little bit as it's swooping down. And that'll give me more time to hide. Just run a, a classic wide receiver slant. You just run forward and wait till it gets going where it's going, and then you cut to the right or the left. Yeah. Take off into the tree line or something. Yeah. If there is a tree line, absolutely. But, yeah. Make it make it swoop down at least once so it's got time to, or I have time while it readjusts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's already going in for the swoop, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, and then I try and take a picture, obviously. Oh, of course, of course. Because no one's going to fucking believe me. <laughs> well, that's why I was just going to catch one. You did ha- okay, yeah. How are you going to catch one? <laughs> uh, that's, that's a good way to come around. Okay. How are we going to catch it? So, my plan in its entirety was not a good one, but it was a plan. Are any of your plans good? No, not generally. <laughs> but I think it would work. So, my plan is To your that- credit, sometimes they do. <laughs> I was going to <laughs> climb way, way up into the mountaintops, obviously, because that's where they live, at the tops of these giant fucking mountains. Yeah, big old mountains. And I was going to find a cliffside, like, that overhung, like, where they would fly around under, like, at the right, mountaintops right. or whatever. Where you imagine you might find a nest. Something like that, yeah. And I'd find a slightly younger one. One that would, like, <laughs> I would fit nicely on as a mount. <laughs> you know? I I understand where your little brain was coming and, from. And you you said you came up with this as a child, right? Uh yeah, well younger, yeah, like a young teenager. Okay. And uh I was either going to just get one out of the nest, if that was possible. And like uh, you know, bring like some reins with me or something, like something like a harness I could strap around it and like sit on its back and like like be able to like, you know. Yeah. And then either just get like one like that, or if it's old enough that it's already started flying, I had a plan that I would have a parachute with me as well, and I was going to wait until it flew underneath me. I was going to tie my jump, and I was going to launch off the cliff and onto its back, and then flip the reins around it. <laughs> and then, like, in mid-flight, I would just break it like a horse until it listened to me. <laughs> and if that didn't work, I had a parachute. <laughs> Oh, what's a pair of shoes gonna do for you? <laughs> well, they're I'm gonna just, I'm just hopefully, like, I don't know, help me hold on to the bird. That's an old bit. <laughs> don't play into my old bits, they're old. <laughs> uh, no, that's an insane plan. There's no way it would work. I'm glad you had a parachute, like, with you, because that's just not. It could do it if you timed it right. N- no. Why? It's, you're not going to break it, is my point. Why? It, it, there's no way you're going to be, like, comfortably mounted on it in any way. You would already have to, like, be comfortable with the animal to find a mounting position and then, 
It's not a lot of these things were happening on the fly. I'll give you that. But if I could get on the bird's back and get the reins around it, then I think I got a fighting chance. I think you have a fighting chance of taking you both down, but I I don't <laughs> think you have a fighting chance of flying off with it. I might. <laughs> I'm, I I don't know. I think it'd work. <sighs> Shit. I, I think I could do it. Oh my god. Okay, well, I is that really all the Thunderbird sightings? Yeah, I was going to make you pick one. That's, that's all the Thunderbird sightings? Just that one? Yeah, literally, just that one, and then the Legends. Why? I thought there were more Thunderbird sightings. No, no, they're elusive motherfuckers. Well, I just think there are significantly less big birds to get confused about now. Yeah, probably. Um, what does that mean for Bigfoot then? Because there's like lots of Bigfoot sightings. Just seeing people walking yeah, in the woods. I legitimately think a lot of Bigfoot sightings are just people. <laughs> um, Bigfoot is one that I want to write a full thing on though, because there's so much ground to there's cover so in much. the Bigfoot wiki and outside it's, sources. Can it be that? almost it's like just, a three episode thing to be honest? Oh, it's gonna be so big. I'm really gonna try and condense it, make it like just like one, one and a half hour episode, but it's it's gonna be but We uh, could easily do a three episode thing if, if we, we wanted, wanted to milk it. Yeah, if we wanted to draw it out. Um alright, alright. <sighs> The Mongolian Death Worm. That sounds cool. I like it. It's alleged to exist in the Gobi Desert. Cool. Um, So this creature first came to Western attention as a result of Roy Chapman Andrews' 1926 book On the Trail of Ancient Man. Hmm. He was a paleontologist... Um, there were a bunch of secondhand tales of the monster that he heard at a gathering of Mongolian officials. Quote, None of those present had seen the creature, but they all firmly believed in its existence and described it minutely. Minutely. It looks like a goddamn Tremors. Yeah, it's, it's basically a Tremors. That's cool as shit. And terrifying. Um, in 19, uh, well, no, I'll come back to that. Um, in 1932, Andrews published the information, oh, uh, this quote again in the New Conquest of Central Asia. So, uh, sorry, I skipped over that quote, but I already started reading that sentence. (laughs) It is shaped like a sausage about two feet long, has no head nor leg, and it is so poisonous that merely its touch means it's instant death. I just glitch. (laughs) It lives in the most desolate parts of the Gobi Desert. And uh, he added when he uh, republished the information, it is reported to live in the most arid, sandy regions of the western Gobi. Um, Andrews, however, did not believe in the creature's existence. I mean, yeah, if you get in all these stories but no one's ever seen it, then it's kind of hard to give it any validity. <laughs> uh, the anim- I mean, I don't see why not. The animal was the basis of a short story of uh, Olgi Korkoy. That's a good name. I'm. That's, uh, that's a good name. Olgoy 
Korkoi. K H O R K H O I. Yeah, that sounds right to Co- me. Korkoi. Korkoi. Olgoi Koi Korkoi. Um, <laughs> it was by a Russian paleontologist and science fiction writer, uh, Ivan Yefremov. That's, Yefremov. Yefremov, that's also a good name. Um, and Ivan, classic Russian. Oh, yeah. Um, written this. under the impression of Andrew's book. Uh, in, from 46 to 49, Yev, Yev, Yevromov. Why is that easier to say with an accent? <laughs> was studying fossils in the Gobi Desert, and he wrote that he heard the legend of uh, Olgoi Korkoi many times, but nobody claimed to have seen it. Okay. Is it one of those everyone that sees it dies because uh, it kills them? I, yeah, kind of. Because um, there are, you know, tales of it killing people, so somebody must have found a dead body or something and attributed it to it at some point or mm-hmm. blamed it for a murder or something. That's fun to speculate on, but there's no basis of fact for that. None at all. Yeah. It's just like somebody... If somebody I mean, saw something one time... there are huge, giant deserts out there, though, and... I don't see why there wouldn't be some couldn't be something bigger that lives out there. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some big things living underground out there because it's just the desert. Something yeah. some things just had to find a way to survive. And, and burrowing s- in the sand is classic way to stay away from the heat and, and things. Something like, found a way to survive out there, right? Like it they, had to have. There's oases. Oases. Oasis. Oasis is. Oasis I. Oasi? Oh, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Multiple oasis. <laughs> Hiding amongst the dunes. Sad. <laughs> um, uh, I, I could totally see like a real life big like worm or centipede like creature that just burrows and lives out there in the sand though. Yeah. Um, I never understand why it's worms, because worms move really slowly, generally, because of just the way they are. Well, so, I think, like, a, a, a burrowing centipede-like creature. That would make more sense to me. And it's infinitely more horrifying. Yeah. Um, so, there was a bit of coverage around the early 90s, and then around the late 2000s, like the 2010s, or early 2000s, before the 2010s. Mm-hmm. Um, but once interest died down, sightings did as well. So that tells you something. Yeah. Um, but while well, many cryptids have turned out to be hoaxes, but, uh, sightings of the death were more likely driven by mistaken identification of species or hallucinations. Hallucinations? Hallucinations? Thank you. Caused by <laughs> desert conditions. Christ. The only evidence uh, for the creature had been sightings and stories from the locals. And, uh, and so what What do you think at this moment? Because there's, there's uh, kind of an answer. I mean, yeah. It, I love to believe in these things. Like, I think I, I love to believe that the world is full of wonderful things that we haven't found yet. It and would so be great. I would like to think that there's something like that. Once again, I think it would probably be more of a centipede-like thing than a worm-like thing. Just 
more than likely, and you know, I I don't know if it would just yeah be like a tremors. It w- I don't think it would be that big. Once again, these things always get so exaggerated in the passing down of stories and legend. Oh, but it's said to be about two feet long and looks a little like a sausage. Oh, two. Yeah. That, I mean, that's perfectly Reasonable, big enough. Yeah. yeah. And to have some sort of like poisonous, like maybe not touch, but like. If it's a centipede, like, its bite could be poisonous, and it takes down, like, large creatures. Centipedes are carnivores. They eat meat. Like, all of these things would kind of line up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, so. The, the thing with it being, like, mirages or hallucinations from the desert, there might be some credence lent to that. But you also have to think that these people live there. They are probably more used to that climate and than anything. Well, yeah, but there's also you know just cases where people still get lost or left in the desert, and they are left to just get thirsty and wander until they find somewhere. Mm-hmm. It just happens sometimes. So, like that, there's no amount of human preparation that can prepare you for dehydration and heat. You know what it reminds me of those is it, holes, the yellow spotted lizards and holes. <laughs> it, it's kind of that yeah. same, along that same vein of thing, you know. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So, um, in nineteen, 19- <laughs> do it. In nineteen eighty-three, a specimen of tartar sand, yes, tartar sand boa. Cool. Uh, Eryx tartaricus, tartaricus. I don't know. I was shown to locals who claim to have seen Olgoi Korkoi, and they claim that this was the same animal. Uh, a snake. Snake. A, a tartar sand boa. Let me let me pull up this. Because snakes can be poisonous. Snakes look like worms. Snakes can definitely be two feet long. They they live in the desert. Yeah. Uh, it's known as the dwarf sand boa, the desert sand boa. Um, the body is strong and round. The tail is very short and thick. The head is almost mixed with the body. The front part of the body is soft, while the back part is rough and raised. Huh. Yeah. Um, adult females can reach up to four feet in length. Okay. I'm looking at a picture of one now. Yeah. Yeah, chonky. Chonky mm-hmm. girls. The boys only reach up to 30 inches. But, um... That's still two feet. Yeah, but girls can reach up to four feet. So, two feet is like, you know the shorter side of things. It's not venomous, though. No. It also gives birth to live young. Interesting. It's viviparous, which is neat. (laughs) I don't know. I, I like... I like big bug though. I like big centipede. Big centipede is really fun, but there were 
Oh my god, I just opened the source code on this website and I have no idea how I did it. <laughs> You're a hacker. You're a hacker, Keenan. <laughs> oh my I'm god. A what? I have no idea what just happened here. Yeah, he opened the, the, the Black Wizard box. Um, what? I've never done this before in my life. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, all right then. Um. I'm looking up how big the biggest centipede is. <laughs> well, there's not... A, a, do centipedes live in the desert might be a more accurate question. Because I've never heard of a centipede in the desert. They're usually in moist, wet areas like grass and dirt. The biggest one known is the Peruvian giant yellow leg centipede. Or the Amazonian giant centipede, as it's also known. That's uh, still, yeah, like forested in dirt it is and it's only about its length exceeding 30 centimeters ah uh, so it's big but it's it's big for a centipede still mm -hmm. it's not like 30 big. centimeters that's like a foot isn't it yeah that's still big god it's it's still big but it's not like you know big. yeah look at it's like as long as you're longer than your forearm oh yeah see that thing's just neat I would keep that as a pet. No, that's horrifying. If you're a Pokemon fan, it looks like Sislipede. It's absolutely horrifying. Um, yeah, so that's the Mongolian Deathworm. There's really not much more about it. Um, I am on Wikipedia, so all the fun sightings aren't here. Yeah. But these are the yeah, ones... Yeah, they live in desert centipedes, do. What centipedes live in deserts? Um... I'm, I'm like, legitimately curious. I, I know that sounded challenging. I'm actually <laughs> curious about that. I know. I, well, it says here they can be found not only in a desert habitat, but in also in the tropics and at the seashore. Um, and then the next question here is if they're poisonous... And it says, some are too small or too harmless to be concerned to humans, but the common desert centipede is one of the exceptions. The stings are very painful and highly venomous, but not usually fatal in healthy, non-allergenic adults. Okay. So, it doesn't really give, like, species names, but it says, I, there's one here that says, what do desert centipedes look like? And it says, the giant centipede has an orange body with a black head and tail. The common centipede is tan and brown. And they're they're the super poisonous ones, I guess. Okay. Cool. It doesn't appear to be super big. It's only a few inches, honestly. Yeah. Neat. Yeah, that doesn't look anything like the description. Either. No, not at all. We're all gonna oh crash. no! It's six to eight inches long. Well, that's that's solid. That's that's solid. That's decent. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, yeah. Do yeah. you do you want to pick out one more, or do you want to call it on this one? Uh, I gotta I gotta look at the thing again. All right, I can cut out this dead air too. <laughs> or someone can. Someone can just hit the skip button a few times. Fast forward fifteen <laughs> seconds. See if we're talking yet. <laughs> Nope, not yet. No, no, don't. Let's talk about Chupacabra. Chupacabra! <laughs> I know why Chupacabra exists as a myth. Oh, did you, really? Yeah. Why? Because some lady went to a movie in 1994 or something, saw a, a creature in that movie, then went out and then thought she saw that creature. It, that's that's how Jupacabra started. <laughs> it's not even very old, like literally. It yeah, just, no, it, it got just, spread yeah. around really fast. Yeah, first sighting was in '95. It said. Yeah, I was close. It supposedly eats chickens, goats, and other farm animals and pets. Yes, it's all over the Americas, specifically southwestern United States, Mexico, and Puerto Rico. There are two common versions of chupacabra. There's the reptilian kind, or the true chupacabra, and a canid kind, which are also called blue dogs. Blue dogs? Is, uh, is that just sick dogs? Are people just seeing sick dogs and getting scared? I don't know. Uh, I've dropped my phone now. <laughs> Why would you do that? Uh, apparently there have been more than 2,000 sightings of both types. When it sucks blood, it allegedly makes an odd noise. And the words an odd noise are a hyperlink that I'm not going to click. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was fun. All right. Um, yeah, okay, so the first known attacks were in March of 1995 in Puerto Rico. Eight sheep were discovered dead, each completely drained of blood. The investigators found three strange puncture wounds in the chests of the animals. Despite, that is weird. Despite the odd circumstances, the authorities... Why would you do this, phone? Oh, <laughs> fuck you. Because you threw me around earlier. <laughs> Don't be a bitch, phone. Uh, despite the odd circumstances, authorities could only attribute the killings to a known predator. A fox, perhaps. Uh, a fox <laughs> killing eight sheep with a puncture wound? And draining them of blood? Yeah, no blood left from the fox. Others, however, recognize similarities in these deaths to the enigmatic cattle mutilations which have been taking place in the American Southwest with increasing regularity. So apparently this is happening to cattle in the, in the Americas. Alright, alright, so... In the American Southwest... The government's doing some weird shit with animal blood, and people are blaming a chupacabra. That's my guess on that one. The woman who first sighted the monster, Madeline Tolentino, had an eyewitness description was the first basis for the most famous drawing of the chupacabra in the world. Now look at, look at this most famous picture of the chupacabra in the world. It looks like a rat or a sick dog. Or maybe a big cat. Or a that, fox. Or a fox. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Any sort of, like, four-legged cute animal that is sick. Yeah. It, the big ears are kind of a fox thing. 
Fox giveaway, especially look you look at that one here, it's got the coloring on the top of it. Oh yeah. 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 Yeah, it just looks like a drawing of a poor sick animal that's gotten some food. In Canovanas, about 30 citizens claim to have seen the chupacabras, swearing that it had swooped down from the sky and leapt over treetops. That's... Uh, Alright. Huh? And then... Um, it wasn't until November 19th, 1995, that a detailed description of chupacabras came from an eyewitness. On that autumn night in Puerto Rico, the creature struck again. Farmers awoke to a horrifying oh, scene. Dozens of turkeys, rabbits, goats, cats, dogs, horses, and cows, dead with no explainable cause. Just the mysterious markings left by blood-drinking chupacabras. But in the north-central city of Caguas, a startled... Oh, and then it describes, I think, the, the woman... A uh, startled homeowner caught the world's first fleeting glimpse of the goat sucker. Described as having huge red eyes and hairy arms, the Shut creature up, allegedly sucker. broke into their bedroom of the house through a window, tore apart a child's stuffed teddy bear, and left a puddle of slime and a single piece of rancid meat on the windowsill before disappearing. That just sounds like some fucked up guy doing something weird. This picture also just looks like a sick dog or fox or yeah. some other that one gives me fox vibes too uh through the end of 1995 chupacabras have been blamed for more than a thousand mysterious animal deaths all resulting from blood loss through one or more puncture wounds and a bunch of people came forward consistently to describe the creature as being monkey like but having no tail they characterized it as having a large oval red eyes that sometimes glowed, gray skin, a long snake-like tongue, fangs, and long spinal quills that may be that may double as wings. Those okay. who saw it uh, say what? it stood between four and five feet tall, hops like a kangaroo, and leaves a la- foul sulfur-like stench. At the site of some deaths, unidentified three-toed tracks were found. Okay, um... Zoologists could think of no known animal that adequately fits this strange portrait. Later sightings in Mexico and the United States described strange hairless dog-like creatures sucking the blood of chickens, cattle, goats, and other livestock until the chupacabra became widely known across the world. Okay, so, um... There's also supposedly some police footage of one, and it's also here in the thing. Um, it it's was okay in, if you don't want to click that. I, I don't at the moment. Um, it's supposedly taken on August of 2008 in DeWitt County, Texas, by two police officers. The footage shows a canine-like animal running along the side of the road. The animal appears to be furless with a long snout and pointed ears. It's possible that the animal could be a coyote infected with mange or other canine. Yeah. Coyote's a good bet, too. Mm-hmm. Um, does, does your opinion on any of this change if you find out that a Puerto Rican comedian and entrepreneur named uh, Silverio Perez is credited with coining the term chupacabra? <laughs> Not really. 
it's funny to me. I mean, it's funny. Um, I like the people that describe them as apes with big spinal things, and they hop like kangaroos, and <laughs> like that's fun. Uh, a five-year investigation by Benjamin Radford, documented in his 2011 book, Tracking the Chupacabra, concluded that the description given by the original eyewitness in Puerto Rico, uh, Madeline Tolentino, was based on the creature Sill in the 1995 science fiction horror film, Species. <laughs> Neat. Uh, we just, uh... Let's Chupacabras are one of those ones that, like, if you come across them, you, you don't, like, you just kill those. Well, yeah, yeah. Y you would not, but... They're, um, like, the pest of the cryptid world. I, I would say that, but also don't encourage people to do that because they're probably just going to stab a uh, poor rabid dog or something. If it's I mean, rabid... If it's rabid, you should stab it. <laughs> That's, I well, mean, you shouldn't maybe stab it. No, but you should just, I mean, maybe, maybe. But take rabid it. animals can't be left alive, uh, unfortunately. Yeah. So don't listen to that piece of advice either. No, no, just you don't... find a rabid animal, you should probably put it down. But if you find a sick animal, you should probably just try and help it. Uh, if it's actively foaming at the mouth and trying to bite you and snarling and is afraid of water. Don't be like, oh, cute puppy. Yeah, that's a bad call. Just back away. But, um. Back away and tell somebody if you don't have anything to take it down. Start with. crying, screaming about old Yeller. Yeah, one of the two. Yeah, those are these are both viable options. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Randy Savage. Um. Uh, The alien creature still is nearly identical to Tolentino's Chupacabra eyewitness account. She had seen the movie before her report. <laughs> it was a creature that looked like the Chupacabra, with spines on its back and all. The resemblance on the Chupacabra was really impressive, Tolentino reported. <laughs> Once again, though, it's just like a, it's a, like a vampire myth, but it's like a not sentient or sapient vampire myth. You know what I mean? Like, it's... It's, yeah. It's, it has animal level intelligence. Yeah. Well, theoretically, I guess. Um. In addition to all that, the reports of the blood sucking by the Jupacabra were never confirmed by a necropsy. Um, the only way to conclude the animal was drained of blood. So, um, something that happens with animals when they just die, especially in a warm environment or are left for any amount of time before they're seen um, is the blood will just kind of rest at the bottom and it will look like they've lost a lot more blood than they have because of how the blood you know just rests at the bottom there's nothing circulating it anymore mm -hmm. so um, anything especially bigger like a cow will look like it's significantly more drained than it is because of that and uh people mistake that a lot so if you don't do a proper necropsy if you don't do an autopsy of any kind to determine what happened there's no way to actually determine how 
not only that creature died, but what would have happened to the blood. You can tell a lot of things by well, just examining that suck hole. So then what what would cause death in all of these animals that is just those three like triangular shaped fucking holes? Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> okay. I legitimately believe aliens more than Jupacabra on this one. <laughs> I believe this is aliens, government, or potentially a powerful cult that just nobody caught for a while and maybe they're all dead now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. Uh, but it seems it seems to me like something, like the, most governments could probably just, you know, buy a farm or something. <laughs> it, it wouldn't be that hard. They could just breed animals. They could probably clone the animals they need at this point. Um, but alien seems more practical to me than a jupacabra, because there's just. No record of a jupacabra like, <laughs> actually being there. <laughs> Whereas aliens are inevitable. It's like just, Thanos? Yeah, a bit, but not. hopefully not like that. <laughs> hopefully it's just like meeting them is inevitable, but like they're, they're out there somewhere. We just never, we're just too far away from most of them to... That that's a bonus episode for another day. Yeah. We could go a whole episode about aliens, I think. This is related to aliens and this will not cover most of what we have to say about aliens. <laughs> that's that's what I believe is significantly more likely than a jupacabra. Yeah. Be mostly because of that re- original report. Like that the original that drawing was based on Tolentino's description which was Right after she saw species, yeah, which has a nearly identical creature in it. Mm-hmm. And yeah, nobody examining the animals. Like, I I understand. Like, maybe you just need to get them up or like clean up your land or whatever. But if you're really curious about what happened and want to prevent it in the future, it would be best to know what happened, right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. Um, I don't know. As far as we know, it could have been somebody trying to drive the farmers out for property value. But how would you do that? They lose all their stock when you no, do that. No, I mean, how would you kill them like with a thing like that? With a wound like that? I don't know. Rich guy weapon. <laughs> You're driving them out for property management. You're not like, you know, you don't actually need that land is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Hire some fucking technical thug to go take out all the animals in a farm. <laughs> and I have to either sell the land or buy a bunch of animals and go in debt. <laughs> and if you're anything is powerful enough to do that, then you could probably, you know, make them in your debt for whatever reason. <laughs> you know. <laughs> That's a deep, deep rabbit hole you just fell down to. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I just said what my brain does out loud that time. Sorry. <laughs> That's literally constantly going on in my head. It's terrifying. <laughs> phone down again <laughs> anyway i think that's the cryptid episode this week because we're so. going down more other stuff at this point <laughs> um that was fun though 
Uh, yeah, uh, we'll see you next time for a regular episode or maybe another bonus episode, wherever, however you listen to this. Yeah, that's on you. Good morning, good evening, and good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>